Hi, thanks for tuning in. This is Druggist for the People. This podcast will contain my feelings and opinions and uh, stories from from my practice in pharmacy, but none of this should be taken as just hardcore fact. This is more about stimulating questions that you can then take to your pharmacist and your doctor and your healthcare team uh, to help you better understand and participate in your care. And once again, just a little reminder, if you're looking for medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, you won't find it here. You need to use your healthcare professional for that. Today, the people is Carol. Welcome, Carol. Thank you. Hi. Hi. We're going to um, talk about falls and medications today. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a good topic. It is. It's an important one mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people, I think, that might be able to prevent a fall if they just kind of approach how they're using their medication. So we're going to talk about what that might entail and and what kind of risks you can address to make yourself a little safer. Yeah. Falling is a bad thing. It is a bad thing. A lot of older people, if they fall, they never get back to where they were. And they can't get up. And they can't get up. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And like when people break, you know, can break a bone or have a, um, a bleed, subdermal hematoma and things that are serious. So um, that's what we're going to talk about. So I, I have a question for you. Sure. Like people over 65, I think that's the population we'll be talking about. What percentage do you think at some point will have a fall? Oh, gosh, 40%? Well, <laughs> that's high. Um, it's like a quarter. Okay. So you're thinking, you're thinking everybody over 65 sort of falls down. Well, it's I've fallen <laughs> off my bike a few times, so there's yeah, that. That's true. <laughs> I'm not uh, 65. So anyway, I think it's like a quarter. But that, so that's a high percentage, and so you, you've over, over I've shot overshot it, it, the mark. Yeah, that's okay. But it is. I think it's like a quarter. Wow. Um, and it's easy to happen. You know, you can forget there's a step or there's something there or you have a dog or a cat or something happens. So anyway, Balance. it can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but And so where do you think that most of them occur? Outside, maybe? No, no. It, it's usually in the house. Really? Yeah. And it's just where we usually are. And um, so that's a little surprising to me too. Yeah, for Cause, sure. Because you'd think it's at the mall or something like that. Um, okay. So there are a couple of different kinds of causes. Okay. Intrinsic and extrinsic. Okay. Okay. So the intrinsic. And have to do with you inside you. That's a, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's an easy way to remember it too. And the extrinsic is? Outside. Outside of you. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Reducing trip hazards you might have in your home. Um, Putting a rug in front of your bathtub. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And just making it, you know, a clear clear path from the bed to the bathroom and things like that. And mm-hmm. if you um, have pets and stuff, right. remember that you've got them. <laughs> um, and then the intrinsic uh, can be things, changes in your health. But in this case, what we're talking about today are drugs. Makes total sense. Yeah. So that's where we're going to head off to. And where we're going to refer to these drugs as culprit drugs, the ones that are particularly, there's a real correlation between these drugs and the, the risks of you falling going up. So I'm imagining pills wearing little black and white striped shirts. Yeah. I think culprit, it sounds like a uh, wild west. <laughs> it's like, a, you know, they're, they're villains or something. And there's, I, I, I did think like they're, imagine a wanted poster. <laughs> a little capsule wearing a, some guns on his eye patch on, on what would be his hips, <laughs> spurs, wanted for causing falls. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, so there are a number of things that drugs can do that will cause falls, and it's this covers a lot of ground. So um, it is to cause sedation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them that can do that. Decrease alertness in the sure. same boat there. Um, orthostatic hypotension. What is that? Well, that's when you get dizzy when you stand up too quick. So that can happen with, uh, in particular, beta blockers and some other antihypertensives. So if people just know that, Mm-hmm. then the the solution is just get up slowly, sure. get yourself oriented, and then make start your Have movement. Have something to help you balance before right. you... Right, exactly right, yeah. Um, dizziness, uh, ataxia, which is just off balance, um, impaired balance, cognitive impairment, blurred vision, arrhythmias, um, syncope, which is fainting, which makes a good bit of sense. <laughs> sure. That would make you fall. <laughs> yeah, I got unconscious and fell down. And urinary urgency. Oh, so you, you really have to go to the bathroom. Yes. And, and you're rushing. Right. And I served on some committees for acute care um, settings and, and um, for falls and fall risks and this kind of thing. And that was referred to as toileting. Okay. Yeah, and it's amazing the number of falls that were due to that. And I think it's it's really understandable because people may be told, and this is whether they're in a facility or at home, um, if you need help going to the bathroom, just push the button or call me up or sure. you don't want to do that. No, it's so private and personal. It's like a... But you should if you're in that boat. You should, but you have to get to the idea of doing that and having it not be some like sign of giving in, you know, it's just, we're, we're independent and there's some, I think animal things, some instinctive thing in us is like, Oh, I'll go to the bathroom. Sure. But you need, if you need help, you need help. Right. So and medical people see that every day. Absolutely. So. That's absolutely true. So, okay. From going from what actions, these, what, what the effects of these drugs could be to mm-hmm. specific groups of drugs mm-hmm. would be neuroleptics, which is like antipsychotics, things to treat, Psych disorders, mm-hmm. um, antidepressants, antiepileptics, antiarrhythmic uh, medication, anti-Parkinson, narcotic analgesics, which is like morphine, oxycodone, hydrocodone, all those. Makes sense. Yep, it sure does. And um, sedative hypnotics, which is just sleepers like Ambien and um, those kinds of meds. Uh, diuretics, uh, vasodilators. What is that? Well, that's like anything that's it's going to be used for angina, or it can be used for blood pressure, depending on the specific medication. Okay. Um, and cholinesterase inhibitors. What is that? Right. Those are the drugs uh, like Aricept uh, that are used for Alzheimer's. So they're blocking this enzyme, but they can cause all kinds of GI problems, dizziness. Um, and in particular, when you're starting, when a patient is starting that, a person, excuse me, mm-hmm. is, is starting those medications, that they need to be really aware of, you know, a loved one watching them being uh, aware of it. Uh, and this goes back to what we, we've said a number of times, but when you start a new medication or change a dose, record it. Yeah, pay attention. Yes, yeah, so you know the day mm-hmm. and then pay attention, right, mm-hmm. and record that. And then you can say to your doc, I'm a little unsteady. Sure. And so- Feel dizzy when I stand. You up. get some counseling. Well, mm-hmm. let's try and maintain the dose, and just don't do these things, or let's reduce the dose, whatever or it go is. Go slowly when you. Yeah, stand yeah, up. that's right. Very good, nice. Um, so anyway, that's a big group, which you know that ends up totaling you know a lot of individual drugs. Sure. 
So we can't name every single one of those. In a little bit, we'll do a specific example, but we're just trying to get to how to manage this whole situation that with not having your meds contribute to a fall potentially. Um, do you have any, any questions at this point? I don't so far, but I'm sure I will. Oh, okay. Well, so what we just said, I'm going to reiterate when you're starting a medication and this goes not just for something, you know, might be a fall risk, but any medication, I think a great question besides we've talked about risk benefit, this falls under that umbrella. And that is, is there any increase in the risk of falls, particularly if you feel like you yourself might be prone to that? Mm-hmm. So ask the doctor, ask the pharmacist, uh, and know just being able to anticipate going in will help you to, sure. to deal with that. Will I do have a question. Okay. Will, um, if you're going to take one of those high-risk culprit drugs, will there be a label typically on the bottle that says – May cause dizziness or it, there there very well may be, but sometimes the bottles are like Christmas trees. They've got a lot of different colored <laughs> labels and stamps. It's, it's and true. Don't, don't try. Stand on your tippy toes when you take this. Yeah, things like that. I've never seen that one. No, but, it but could, it's not it, a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> I see somebody walking down the street on their tippy toes. Oh, he's on tiptoe. Yes, taking that three times. Okay, that's so. We can, um, so. Like, I guess at this point, like, we can talk about a specific example, maybe, and just think about what what this person might have been going through. I do want to mention one more thing. Mm -hmm. Polypharmacy. And that's not a person's name. Is that, like, taking lots of drugs? Yeah. I mean, not illicit drugs, but lots of medications. Medications, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think the, the, the number is at five. You might find places where it says seven constitutes polypharmacy, but five, I believe, is what um, is what I've read and what I've always thought of is okay. That's a that's a borderline thing. But if someone's on five meds, it does not necessarily mean you know that there's this really great great increase in in the risk of a fall. You have to if you have high risk med in there. Yes, sure. I was going to say it depends if on any the meds or, are. or more. Yeah, yep. So, but you need to put a number somewhere and where you start looking at it closely and trying to make a correlation. It's like, does more meds equal more falls? Probably, but it also depends. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Aren't there probably other factors too, like um, the health of the person taking the meds and their cognitive abilities and those kinds of things? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So what their muscle tone is, um, really what their what their fitness level is, mm-hmm. certainly what their cognitive abilities are. Um, have they always been coordinated or mm-hmm. have they always kind of stubbed their toe? Mm-hmm. It's like, so they're, and those are all intrinsic things. That's who the person is. That's who we are. Right. So absolutely. And that does change over time. I, for one, am like an overripe banana. I'm constantly running into furniture <laughs> and things. <laughs> all right then. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, it can get better. You know, it can, that kind of thing can, you know, some of your abilities can, can decline, Mm -hmm. but you know, people get fit when they get older too. Sure. And that's a good reason to get fit. Right. Maybe more time for it. Yeah. Um, so a specific example, um, might be someone, let's say that has 
uh, Lasix as one of their meds, Neurontin, nitroglycerin, um, Percocet for pain, Zoloft, and Metoprolol. And that's a lot. So that obviously constitutes polypharmacy, right? Sure. So, okay, we go back to which of these, if any, are in that high-risk category. I have no idea. Okay, let's start from the top. The Lasix, that's a diuretic. Ah, so they're going yes. to go to the bathroom. Yes. So the number of times I have seen people taking a diuretic at like five or six in the evening and then complaining about having to get up. To go to the bathroom. Yeah, let's not do that. Unless if, if someone, yeah, someone's catheterized and they have a bag, there's obviously it doesn't matter, but um, that is one that causes toileting. So know when you take it, um, when is the, when does this thing start having an effect? It could be, you know, an hour or so taking it orally and it could be a little longer, but know in your own experience and be prepared for that. Um, so don't put yourself in the distant you know, don't go down in the basement at the farthest and into the shop when you've got to go up two floors to get to the bathroom. You know, just sort of plan that out a little bit, how that, when you take sure. that. And um, Okay, so that's one, and mm -hmm. that does, uh, that, it falls into that higher risk category. Then Neurontin is an anticonvulsant. Okay. Uh, it's, a, um, it's how it started out. It's a, um, for neuropathy. And this, you know, this guy was on a pretty good dose. So that one, too, falls into the sure. high-risk category. Is this like the top five? Drowsiness. <laughs> the, well, I don't know if there There's is. The there, I guess storm. there is a top five. I don't know. It is. He's, this, this one has, is, a, is a very high-risk uh, regimen. But it, that said, it's not unusual. Oh, makes so sense. So that's kind of why, we, why mm -hmm. we chose this one. Then nitroglycerin. So this person has- Heart um, issues. Correct. Angina. And that's another high-risk you know, that's one that you've got to take just enough of the nitro to take care of the symptoms and not so much that you get headaches and any other kinds of symptoms. So there's three, three for three hmm. are high risk. And then Percocet, so there's some pain issue. Um, don't know if this is a back issue or some other uh, severe pain, but that's oxycodone and that is another one. So there's sure. drowsiness that goes with that and, this, you know, the sedation and motor you know, ability to reaction perform. time. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, Zoloft and antidepressant. Another one, and this this was this fellow was on 150 milligrams, which is a pretty fair dose. Um, so falls into the category as well. Uh, let's see what else was there. Uh, metoprolol, mm -hmm. also for blood pressure. So he's got some heart issues, and we're looking at um, a beta blocker to slow the heart rate and lower the blood pressure. Working in concert with the Lasix to, to lower blood pressure and get rid of some water. So all this, the metoprolol, remember orthostatic hypotension? Mm -hmm. That's this medication. So this poor person, how would they not fall? I mean, that seems like a lot of It's a lot. Factors. And so you can't, you know, that's polypharmacy and it, it was 100%. Each one is a high risk. But again, it's not unusual so the person has to know and a loved one mm -hmm. or whoever's caring for this person if that's necessary needs to know that each of these can be a possible contributor so what what can we do about it to reduce the risk of falls that's like that's what we want to know right right well we talked a little bit about like don't take your diuretic 
a couple hours before bed because you'll have to get up to go to the bathroom. Right. And it's 80 milligrams this guy was on, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go through some basic principles about what what might be an intervention from the pharmacy side of things, from the medication. So you can you educate the patient, the family caregiver, which is what we're talking about here. Now we know all that. If you're the if you're the person or the caregiver or whatever, sure. Um, consider lower doses of the medication that might be associated. Well, that's all of them. Now the metoprolol was like fifty milligrams twice a day. That's you know. You have to look at that and see how how the blood pressure is doing, how the heart rate's doing. Is is there a dose that's possibly as effective that might be just a little less? Could you maybe go, you know, 25 milligrams in the morning and 50 at night because you don't have that issue throughout the day? Mm -hmm. But that is completely up to the physician. Sure. And working in concert with the patient. Right. So any dosage adjustments have to be done. With the doc, you never, you don't do that on oh, your no. own because that no. can be just as dangerous. Sure. It's too many. Sure. So too much of a drug. Um, so there's also the idea of con- discontinuing high-risk meds. These are high-risk meds that are treating conditions that have to be treated. But those patients. sound like serious conditions. They like are serious you, conditions. The Not like it's there's some choices. Yeah. Now, the Neurontin, um, 1,200 milligrams is a pretty big dose, and- that one's gabapentin. And uh, yeah, is is it possible to lower that? I don't know if there's – there doesn't appear to be any diabetes. I'm not sure what exactly they're targeting there. If it is a, a neuropathy, um, you might be able to split that dose, take it th- uh, you know, 400 three times a day, sure. something like that to help minimize that. Man, a 1,200 dose right now, that's a big one. Right. So, um, and then also considering a safer therapeutic option. Um, it's not, I don't see that being a, a case here with exception maybe of the rotten and changing how you're dosing it or perhaps the total dose. But like um, as an anxiolytic, something for anxiety, the benzodiazepines can have a high risk for falls. Potentially. Again, mm-hmm. you have to just, it's, if you're managing using these things correctly and aware, it can be a useful med. But the... Um, Buspirone is a drug that you could substitute for one of those drugs. And um, anyway, that, that, those are the principles that you might be able to do um, to try and manage some of these things. But for the, for the person taking the meds, the biggest and most important thing is that education component and working with the doc and giving feedback. Sure. So and he or she knows. again, go in there with your list of what you're taking and when you started it and how it's making you feel is a huge help to the doctor to try to help you figure things out. Right. Absolutely. And again, there's so many factors that go into this and so many drugs that we're not talking about. It can, it, you know, each one specific. My, my dad, um, he had temporal arteritis when he was older, late eighties. And um, he had to take prednisone high doses for a long time and his blood sugar levels end up going up. And he then also, started having some muscle loss. And so he started shuffling and he fell twice. And fortunately, dad, well, he he didn't break any bones and he didn't hit his head, but he was, um, he did go into uh, long-term care for a little bit to heal up. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not just these meds. It's anything that's going to get in the way of this kind of um, 
miraculous thing of balancing on our two legs and feet sure. and, and moving around. And your reaction time and your balance and so many things. Are there things that you can do in your house that would help improve your chances of yes, not falling? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, again, having clear paths for where you walk, um, not having unnecessary changes in elevation, um, having things at, at a, a level that there's not a lot of stooping and this kind of thing, mm-hmm. and do and taking your time mm-hmm. and just being aware of what you're doing. What about like a, a light on in the bathroom Yeah, kind of thing? Sure. Well lit. Whatever anyway. helps. Whatever helps. And you, just being aware is, mm. is such a big part. I did want to mention – as a resource, uh, the CDC has a, on their website, uh, if you go to Meds Link to Falls, there's a program called STEADY, S-T-E-A-D-I, all caps. And it's all about this. Oh, it's that's a great, helpful. Yeah, and so you can reference that, mm-hmm. STEADY, on the CDC website. And that's a great help to get in touch and figure out which of these meds might be a problem and what you might be able to do and that kind of thing. What about my uh, banged up shins from just being clumsy? You got any ideas for that? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really. They, they're healing up okay, so you're right. Just be careful. <laughs> um, I did. I I kind of go back to our culprit drugs and that little that little wacky guy, like mm-hmm. um, the guy on the poster. Mm-hmm. This this example that we gave is like uh, the gang. It's like the Wild West gang that goes after the. Um, the payroll that's on the stagecoach. Um, <laughs> you wonder, did he have a bad childhood? You think? <laughs> um, you know, who knows what brought him to this lowly position? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. All right. Well, he's just misunderstood. A little drug, I guess. That's right. So, um, you got any more questions? I think we're about done here. I don't. Understanding him better might help people who have to face Mr. Culprit. (laughs) (laughs) Man, we're going to end on that. That's a beaut. Okay. Well, I appreciate you. And um, I appreciate you all for listening. This has been. Whoops. Before you sign off, I appreciate you too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This has been and will be Druggists for the People.